Amen. Good scriptures. And uh, John there says, through believing, we have, we have peace in our hearts. That's a good reminder. And in all the troubles and difficulties in the world, it's easy to get worried, stressed, and uh, feeling overwhelmed. We need to remember Jesus' words to uh, don't be troubled, believe in Him, and uh, we can have peace in our hearts. All right, well, let's uh, continue talking about sharing about God with other people. And let's look at John chapter 4. And we'll look at when Jesus talked to the woman at the well. And this is a good example of, for us of what we can do. And again, uh, we see Jesus carrying this out through different, I hesitate to say a method, but uh, the, the, just the situation, maybe it'd be a better description. He used different situations to talk to people and to uh, share God's Word with them. Some of it was more formal in preaching, teaching. He would teach and preach out uh, by the sea, Galilee, out on the mountainside, outdoors where he'd gather a crowd. He would teach in his home in Capernaum where they lived, and uh, people would come there and he would teach. And then... What we see here in John 4 is a common thing he would do is as he would just be about his day and counter people, he would talk to people in a conversation and share about God with them. And, and this is something that, that we can do. This is how we can share Christ with other folks. And, and I'll just... I'll just throw this out. Uh, you know, we can typically, in our modern time, a lot of times churches, at one time it was very common that if, you, if they said, we're going to go out and witness to people, it meant they said, we're going to go in a neighborhood and go door to door and just knock on somebody's door and we're going to talk to them. And you can do that, but by and large, it's not that effective because other people are just like you and you don't like strangers showing up at your door at unannounced time when you're doing this stuff and you're in the middle of stuff. And uh, although, I, you know, if Jehovah's Witness show up, I'll go out and talk to them if I possibly can. But uh, it's not real effective. And, and I would point this out. You never see Jesus doing that. He never did that, that it's recorded. He never said, okay, guys, let's go. We're going through the neighborhoods and we're going to start knocking on doors and, and we're just going to talk to people at their doorstep and share with them. He didn't do that. He, he goes out among people in the marketplace and different places, and when he encountered people, he talked to them. And uh, it really is, I think, a more effective approach and uh, probably more effective in the sense that you're going to uh, talk to people and be, they're going to be more receptive and you're going to have more opportunity uh, most likely to do this. So, not to say and it's you know, wrong to go do that. I'm just saying Jesus never did that. And, and that's, uh, in some circles, they think that's the only way to go witnessing. And if you don't go door to door, you're really not witnessing. But uh, Jesus did not, he didn't employ that, that uh, type of situation. He did this a lot, what we're going to read. So let's read some of these verses, starting with verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. 
So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Okay, let's notice some of the details here. Is that Jesus is just on a journey. He's going about his activities and he's on a trip he's traveling from Galilee Galilee was up in the north and Jerusalem was down south of there in the middle part toward the south middle part of the country and so it was a very common thing for the people lived up north to be traveling back and forth and there was in between was Samaria that's where the Samaritans were the Samaritans were the result of a lot of negative things in the Jewish mind because it was a result of two races of people who mixed because of the uh, captivity and uh, conquering of, of Israel by an enemy. When the Assyrians captured the northern kingdom, they took out some of the, the uh, Jews, and they brought in some of their people. And they put them in the area called Samaria, right in the heartland of the country. And they intermarried. And they mixed not, not only in marriage, but with their religion also. They brought their idolatry, paganism, and continued to do that, but then also tried, and also tried to do what the Jews did and worship God. And it was a mix. And so the Jews, you know, there was a lot of negative about all of that. It came because of a conquering enemy. And they were forced on them. And then it was a part of pagan elements in the, in the religion. And so there's a lot of animosity. And just from the nature of something different, there was some prejudice. And that is reality in life here on the earth and we all deal with it and it's been going on since the beginning it comes out of sinful human hearts where we try to look down on others out of pride because somebody's different than us 
And some of that different can be bad, as in their false religion. That's not good. But we can do that from different ethnic groups that God created on the earth. It's part of the variety that he created. But we can look down on that and say, well, that person's different than me. I'm, I'm better than, than them. That's, that's been a part of human nature from the beginning. And, this is, and it was occurring in the Bible times. It was occurring here in Israel with the Samaritans. The, the Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. They didn't like them. The Samaritans then didn't like the Jews either. There was a lot of animosity between them. And you see here Jesus, let me say, for that reason, the Jews, when they traveled to go to the northern region, most of the time they went around it. They went the long way so they just would not have to go through Samaria. But the shortest route was right through Samaria. And notice in verse 4, it says he needed to go through Samaria. Now, Jesus knew what was going on. He had insight into what was about to happen, and he did this on purpose. But it may have been also just he wanted to go into Samaria and have some contact there and try to reach some folks there, which he did. But notice how Jesus makes the point to go in this route so that he could talk to someone. So those two things are things that can direct us. That we can look for folks that we encounter just in our day-to-day activities that we may not realize or know who we're going to encounter, but we're going to encounter somebody and we can encounter people in our day-to-day activities that we can try to have a conversation with in various uh, situations. Second, with that, we can also think about, well, maybe there's something I can do or do go a certain way or go a certain place where it may give me an opportunity to talk to somebody and you can be looking for that. Both of those elements were in this situation with Jesus, and we can do the same thing. Especially trying to anticipate, to say, you know, maybe I can come across somebody's path today and I can uh, have a conversation with somebody. You can be looking for that, anticipating that, even though you may not know exactly who it might be or under what, uh, at what time. But you can be anticipating the opportunity and therefore you can be ready for it. And then it comes out of just his uh, ordinary circumstance of traveling. He was thirsty. He went to the well. Uh, This was a well that that Jacob dug and gave to Joseph, it says. And uh, it was a special well there in their history. And Jesus goes, he's thirsty, so he he goes to the well to get a drink of water. And at about noontime, and... This woman shows up to get water, which was uh, out of the ordinary. The women mostly came early in the morning because it was cooler and you needed water to start the day. Uh, her situation, in any case, that she, her situation, she was somewhat of an outcast. She had a bad reputation from what we see here. She had five husbands, so she probably was living, had a moral reputation, a moral lifestyle. She comes later in the day when no one's supposed to be there. And Jesus encounters her. And he just starts a conversation. Asks for a drink of water. And she's surprised that he's talking to her. There's a little point right there. Is this was an unusual act of kindness on Jesus' part. 
the prejudice was there, the animosity, and most times they just avoided each other. They just didn't talk to each other. And Jesus, though, showed unusual kindness, or, I mean, it was, it was really the right thing to do, but they didn't expect it. And most people didn't do that. And Jesus did express kindness and love that opened up a conversation with, the, with this person. We can look for things to do uh, to show kindness and love, to do something for somebody that might be unusual that could open up an opportunity for us to talk to somebody. So we can look for that too and uh, seek to do that. That's just something God tells us to do anyway. Love your neighbor like, your, like you love yourself and seek to, to uh, be helpful to people. And a lot of times that can open up conversations. And so she's saying, why are you talking to me? Uh, don't you know I'm a Samaritan? And um, so the topic of conversation is a drink of water. It's in the physical area. And then notice what Jesus does. He takes this physical topic or element and he then switches it to a spiritual topic by using it to symbolize the physical. Verse 10, he does this. If you knew the gift of God... And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. He switches it to a spiritual conversation. She doesn't pick up on it right away, but that's what he begins to do. And that is the thing we need to do. It's a, it's a very key thing for us to do. Is that we need to take, you know, as we have conversations with people, we need to direct it into spiritual things for us to talk about God and about salvation. And this is what we need to try to prepare to do, and it takes some work and some uh, creativity, but it can be done. This is what Jesus did, this is what we need to do. So he took the, the subject was the, the water, the physical water they drank, and Jesus then began to talk about living water, meaning Forgiveness of her sins. And the living water was a symbol of that. We drink water in order to stay alive. You can't go very long without water. It's an essential part of life. And Jesus used in living water, spiritual water, is a similar thing, but it's a spiritual thing, is that we can't have everlasting life without living water, which is... Jesus cleansing us from our sin. The spiritual water cleanses us from sin. It's like we use water to take, to cleanse dirt. Living water, spiritual water cleanses us from our sin. And that's where Jesus took the conversation. And that's what we need to do. <clears throat> Is that we need to try to think of ways and to seek to turn a conversation from the physical to the spiritual realities which are going to involve sin God and salvation. And in God's can be Jesus, His death on the cross, His resurrection, salvation. Those are the things that we're going to seek to bring up to someone. And, and I would say probably the easiest transition to get into that is just to try to bring up God in some way. Uh, it's a little harder, and, and you notice... Um, Jesus didn't go right to the sinful things. It's kind of harder to bring that up right off the bat. That came up later. But Jesus brought up about, really, I guess, the salvation and 
God, well, he did bring up God. I, I'm just looking here at verse 10. He said, if you knew the gift of God, that's the first place he went. He brought up God in the conversation. And we can do that. And we need to do that more. And you say, well, the person might not like me talking about God. Okay, so what? If you sense they don't like it, you guys could kind of feel that out. And if they just totally don't want to talk about it, then you, you, change, you go on to something else. You tried. The point is, you tried. If there's like a brick wall and they don't even want to talk about it, of course, you're not, you're not going to gain anything by trying to force it on anybody. But the thing is, if you bring up God in a conversation, a lot of times people will listen to what you have to say. And sometimes they may even ask questions. That's the thing that I see here. We need to bring up God in the conversation. And it's, it's fairly easy to do if we really just kind of make a little effort to think about it. It's like the week before when I, the guy helped us unload the trailer and we had this, you know, it was a problem and he helped us to solve the problem. And I just said, you know, God really helped us by having you here today that you were helped us to get this off. And I just brought God up in the conversation. That opened up for me to then say, do you believe in God? And that's where, that's what I would suggest to you is how you could transition into that with that person say bring up God in a, in a sentence think of something you can say referring to God whether it's the weather uh, or you know God's works the creation is something we can bring up bring up God in the conversation and then follow it up with do you believe in God and that's got it going then you're asking them where they're at spiritually what they think what they're feeling do they have a relationship with God? How they're going to respond to it? Those two questions. You bring up, or not, a question. Statement, bring up God in a statement, and then ask the question, do you believe in God? And they'll say whatever. And you can listen to that, and you can gain some knowledge from that. And then a third follow-up after that would be, do you know about how God has given us the gift of salvation? And that's what he does to her right there. He talks about the gift of God, which is salvation, forgiveness of sins. And you can ask the person to say, do you know about how God has provided the gift of salvation to us? And you just ask a question and they're either going to say yes or no, or I don't know, I'm not sure. And with any answer you get, you can just Unless they just say, and I don't want to talk about it, you can just proceed right on to the answer to say, yeah, God sent His Son Jesus, who was God in the flesh, and He was perfect, and He showed that He was God by doing all the miracles, and He then went to the cross to die in our place to pay the price for our sins. And we've all committed sins, and that's our biggest problem. And that separates us from God. And if we die like that, we're going to be dead forever in hell and be separated from all that is God and, and good in life. And that's the most awful thing in the world. But God wants to save us from that. And He did that by sending Jesus into the world. And you just, you just go through the gospel. And even if they don't respond or respond negatively, you have succeeded by sharing the gospel. Our job is not to save anybody because we can't. Our job is not even to convince the person in its fullest sense because we can't. You really can't change somebody's mind. You really don't have that power. The only thing you can do is just to share the information with them, and that's your job and my job. It's just to share the information.
And then the Holy Spirit's job is to then convict them and to open their eyes and open their, their hearts and open their ears. And then it's God's job to bring them salvation and to forgive their sins, and that's, that's His job, and He does that. Our job is simply to share the information. And even if the person doesn't like it, doesn't respond well to that, you've still succeeded, and you, won't, you don't know how God may use that. I've heard, like I've shared before, I've heard several testimonies where they said, well, the first time somebody shared with me uh, about salvation in Jesus, I was mad. It made me angry. And I got mad at the person. And I told them I didn't want to talk about it. And then they said, and then three months later, this happened. And all of that came back to me. And then I remembered what that person told me. And then I sought it out in the Bible. And I was saved eventually because of what that person said to me when I was mad at them. God, can, God does that. So our goal, our, our job is simply to share the information. And even if that person... Uh, never is saved and dies and goes to hell, you and I still did what we were supposed to do is just to share the information with them and we gave them a chance. That's all God has asked us to do and that's really all we can do. And so, and so this is what Jesus did. He brought up God in a, in, a converse, in a statement and then He presented it of her need of if you knew, the, if, if you knew who it was talking to you, you would have asked of Him. And we can get to that second part by saying, do you believe in God? Do you know about God's gift of salvation? Okay, so here's what He does. He first, the first thing He does is He shifts the focus to God, and then He shifts it to them and their spiritual condition by a question. And we can do that with a question, do you believe in God? Do you know about God's gift of salvation? Then we switch it to them about their spiritual situation. And that's the steps we need to take. And then we share the gospel. And then we see how they respond. And uh, follow up as we need to, uh, as necessary. And most of the time, with most people, in most situations, you can think about your own situation, most people who are lost don't respond in, in, to Christ and salvation the first time. They hear about it or talk about it. It takes a process, time. And so be conscious of that. They, you give them the information, leave it with them, and then you follow up with them and seek an opportunity to follow up with them. But with sometimes, you know, with Jesus here, it happened here at this situation. For as he goes on, she's, she's still not getting about the spiritual water. And uh, so Jesus, verse 14, makes further comment about that. So at that point, she's saying, well, give me this water. But he knows she didn't fully understand about dealing with her sins, and that's why he asked the question, the statement, he makes the statement, go call your husband, because he knows her situation. And it brings up her sin that she needs to repent of, along with other sins, but her sin that would be an example to her that she's lost, she needs to be saved and be forgiven. Now at that point, you can say, well, you know, we don't have that kind of supernatural knowledge. How can I do that? How can I do that? Well, we can't. We can't. This was Jesus. He was the Son of God. We can't do this, what He did. But we, He has given us what we can use. Because the point was to get at the sins that she was in her life and that she needed to deal with her sinfulness. And what we use to do that are the Ten Commandments. God's Word. 
and you use the Ten Commandments. You don't know what's in that person's heart and their life, but you use the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments will bring it out. Uh, a good question to ask that um, Ray Comfort, who does a lot of witnessing and has a lot of helpful things about witnessing, and, and the question he recommends that's very helpful is to ask the person, do you, do you feel like you're a good person? Because then you're, you get them to respond about their sinfulness. And most people say, yeah, I think I'm a good person. Most people will respond that way because we're really not thinking about our sinfulness in reality compared to God. And so then you say, well, do you know, about the, you know, do you know the Ten Commandments? And those are the ten things, big things from God. And it can be like a test. Uh, if, how would you do on that? If you stood before God and he would have looked and say, how you've kept the Ten Commandments, how good would you be? So if you start going down through the Ten Commandments, that's what God will use to convict them. Now, it means you need to learn the Ten Commandments. This is one thing you need to do in witnessing to people. And uh, to say, you know, have you ever told a lie? And most people will own up and say, well, yeah, of course, everybody has. You know, how many lies do you think you've told in your life? I don't know, a lot. And in that process, they begin, the Holy Spirit convicts them. They begin to say, say, okay, yeah, I'm not such a good person. When you really look at it, when I'm compared to perfection... And at some point you get there. You need to make that point to say, well, when we talk about being good or not, God's going to judge us on have we been obedient all the time in our life? Because every sin's a breaking of God's commandments and it only takes one sin to become a sinner. Just like it takes only one lie to become a liar. It only takes one uh, murder to become a murderer. It only takes one. And we can talk through that with people because most of the time, we as humans, we downplay our sin and we grade on the curve and we think, well, you know, I know I'm not perfect. And if we think about all of our sins, we could get really, you know, blown away. But uh, we typically just, oh, okay, I, yeah, I know I do all that. But we think, well, I haven't done this and that. And we need to help people to deal with their sinfulness in the Ten Commandments. So that's what we could use. And hopefully bring people to where they realize their problem, that they're separated from God, and then get them to the solution. This is what happened with the woman. When she talked, continued the conversation with Jesus, she ended up saying, well, Jesus knows everything that's ever happened in my life. And he knows all of my sinfulness. And yeah, I have had five husbands. And now I'm living with a guy who's not my husband. And she came to be confronted with, yeah, I'm, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. And Jesus then said to her, the one who talks to you is the Messiah. I'm the one who's come to forgive you. And she was ready to receive him at that point. She goes back to the city, gets the people and brings them out. And we're not told the details, but we're given the reality that uh, they believed on him at this time. And so these basic things we can do, we can seek to do the same thing with people. And God will help us to do that. And it'll take some, this is the point of us talking about this. We need to prepare our minds in this, prepare things we can say and begin trying to do that and do it. And we, and you will, as with anything, uh, you get better and better at, at the things that you do as you practice them and, and do them multiple times. And so this is what we can do. Bring up God in a conversation 
then ask a question, then shift it to spiritual things of do they believe in God? Do they know about God's gift of salvation? That's the greatest thing in the world? Especially around Christmas time. We're heading into Christmas time. And everybody's about gifts. You know, everybody out shopping. And what's everybody doing? They're out shopping for gifts. What an opportunity, an easy thing to say, hey, what are you doing? You're shopping? Hey, do you know about God's gift of salvation? Which is why we're doing all this stuff <laughs> at this time. Uh, that's an easy way to, to talk to people. I mean, that's, that's a very effective way the things we can say. So there's a lot of things that we can just prepare ourselves and think through these things. We can do this same thing that Jesus did. And the point is, and I'll end with this, is we don't need to look at this and say, oh, well, that's what Jesus did. It was easy for him, but I can't do this. Jesus said, just as the Father sent me in the world, I send you out now in the world. Go out and make disciples of all the nations. And he says, I am with you to the end of the age to help you do this. And so this is what we need to do. We need to, we're sent out. We're to go out and to seek to have conversations with the Samaritans at the well, too. Or anybody God brings across our path. This is what we're to be doing. And this is very significant. The most significant thing we can do in life as we're going about everything else we do. Shopping, work, getting gas, whatever. Which is something, things we have to do but in the big picture scheme of things, they don't even compare to this. And that's what's significant. And Jesus will be with us as we do this. And Jesus will be saying, yeah, you're doing my work. And we'll be saying, you know, as Jesus is with us, what we're doing is we're just seeking to share Jesus with others, share our Lord, our Savior, our best friend, share Him with others. And there's nothing more important for us to do and more helpful for the other person, even if they don't realize it. So, I've asked you and I've asked myself, can you think of 10 people that you know you have relationships with, that you encounter on a regular weekly or monthly basis, and you've, there's 10 people that come to you that you can think of that, hey, I could try to share with this person. I need to try to share with this person. And you can pray for them. And pray for wisdom of sharing with them. And then, out of this, can you pray? We can pray, God, uh, would you bring somebody across my path this week that I could seek to do this? Bring up God in a, converse, in a, in a sentence in some way and then ask them a question to shift things to the spiritual and say, do you believe in God? Do you know about God's gift to salvation? And we can be witnesses as we do these things. Just do what Jesus did and He'll help us to do that. All right, let's pray. We just praise you, Lord Jesus, for your greatness, for coming to the earth for us. You went way out of your way to come to us. Help us to make the effort to go to other people as you have come for us. We just praise you as our Lord and Savior who paid for our sins, gave us forgiveness, gave us the greatest gift that we could ever be given to have everlasting life, to have living water where we'll never die, never thirst, forever. Help us to share this with other people. Help us to have the love we need for other people to motivate us and to have your love. As you so loved us in the world that we'll love other people even if they're different than us. 
Help us to do this this week. Bring people across our path and help us to remember these things and uh, help us, Jesus, to do this as you did and to, to bring up and discuss spiritual things in your gift of salvation with other people and that you would use this to help people in their life this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.